Thursday, February 8th here on the Sleepers Podcast. Uh, behind the curtains, we are recording this Wednesday afternoon, the day after Michigan State's loss to Minnesota. So if you're under, wondering why Cart is a little uh, down in the dumps, it might be just that it's still fresh off the loss. Although you did do the slipper flip, which I thought maybe you would forget about it. You've been so grumpy this morning. Am I down in the dumps? <laughs> yeah. In all the recaps we've done, yes. Okay. It's going to get worse, brother. It's going to get worse. It could not get worse. Uh, It could get better. It could certainly get better. We have some fun topics today that I think should uh, at least, well, two of them I think could be enjoyable for you. We're going to talk about all the ominous North Carolina comments about like players-only meetings and guys showing up late. Weird things are happening with them right now. We're going to talk about the National Player of the Year buying weed. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. That's fun. Uh, I'm, I'm very confused on that picture. We'll discuss it. And then we're going to talk about your program. Sorry about that one. Why don't you start us with a comment of the day? Let's see where we go here. Uh, a lot of good comments to choose from, to be honest with you. Okay. How about this one? This comes from hot dangers. Elijah Hawkins is Doug McDaniel with study hall. No. Why? Completely unsimilar players. Unsimilar, you think? Yes. Elijah Hawkins is the best passer in the sport. And Doug, while he can show flashes of good vision and passing, is a step-back three assassin and a score-first only guy. In other words, Elijah Hawkins is incredibly unselfish in all facets, and Doug McDaniel is very openly selfish in all facets. Hmm. Okay. Uh, can I do a bonus one? Just because I feel like that one didn't, didn't hit like I needed it to. <laughs> I mean, I the creativity that was there, I loved it. But yeah, don't see the okay. comment. This one comes from uh, Demetrius Gibson. And he says, I've never posted a comment. So forgive me if I'm repeating something. But I have two questions I'd be interested in hearing your feedback on. One, should Miles Colvin have a Lance Jones notebook? If yes, what should be in it? A Lance Jones notebook? Is this like the did he use the notepad emoji? Is that what he's going for here? Like a like take notes petty vibe? I, oh, I thought it was more so like should Miles Colvin just be watching what Lance Jones does and oh do- got it. Yeah, I was thinking more selfishly of like Lance Jones keeping receipts from things we slandered him with and like should Miles Colvin do the same since we've been talking about his body language. But yeah, I guess uh I I don't view Lance Jones as like the same archetype as Miles Colvin. You could certainly like learn things from him, but I I don't think Miles Colvin should be striving to be the next Lance Jones. Yeah. I think that Miles Colvin should be would on paper be in Fletcher's role or spot and be better than Fletcher maybe. I don't know. But that that's that's kind of what he should be shooting for. Um the second part of that question was would Bronny James be better as a Boilermaker? Why or why not? Uh, I think anyone on USC would enjoy themselves more on Purdue right now. Unless they just like like living by the beach and the views. How many minutes would Bronny James get on this Purdue team? Zero. Zero? Zero. 
Zero. I think he would play. Where? I think I think there's a world where he could be better than Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. Make it, you make an argument. I don't think he's Painter's type. Maybe he's definitely, he's definitely not Painter's type. Yeah, I Painter would Painter would like redshirt him to humble him and the family. I think. Um, <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> he gets Bronny James. He's like, you know what, Bronny needs a year. Yeah, and everyone's just supposed to like accept that, and everyone does accept that because. The painter's a god. I don't know. It works. Um, that's not I don't mean any of that as slander. Like it would work and Bronnie would be really good. But yeah, different uh a hard world to imagine there. It's like me trying to imagine like what if Tom Izzo coached Michigan State? They're so mentally and emotionally wired so differently, it would never happen. I can't envision you said, you said Tom Izzo coached who? Michigan. Sorry, not Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just have Michigan State on the mind for obvious reasons. As do we all. Let's go to the Discord. Uh once again. New joiners in the Discord. Um, want to make sure I get all of our shout outs here. I think we left off at Tony yesterday, was the latest one. Uh, Purdue Pete is in the Discord. Good time, Mike is in the Discord. Two great names. I think that's everybody, unless we missed anybody. Uh, we also like, so there's a welcome channel for people who join but don't pay. And then there's a general channel for people that actually pay and can access everything in the Discord. But some names of people that joined the welcome channel that didn't pay yet. One of them was Jew Bowie. <laughs> I really want Jew Bowie at the Discord. <laughs> I, I just need to learn who that person is. Uh, but all in all, in all, great week for the Discord. We've had more people sign up in the last week than ever before in the history of Sleepers Media. Um, and on a, 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 I guess, transparent point. For this, uh, I want to speak to just how much it means with people that are signing up for the Discord. We really don't know what this offseason is going to look like. Like, we have our plans through March. We have some big event-style stuff coming. We're going to the Final Four. There should be a lot of really, really great content. And Sleepers as a business is doing really well in the season. It's sustainable, and that's great. We have no idea what the offseason looks like. It'll be the first time we enter an offseason since we've started doing daily episodes. We still intend to keep that going because we love it and it's been fun and it's working. Uh, we just don't know, like if, if our views fall off the map in the off season, when there's not games to preview and recap, this might no longer be sustainable to be a business that we put so much time and effort into. So truly uh, the, the money in the discord allows us to do this. And we're now up to a little, I think just over 130 paid members. Um, the, the higher that number goes, the more this is a job for us and not just us taking away our free time from our wives and <laughs> other things we should be doing. So uh greatly appreciate the fact that this week was the most sign-ups we've ever had means the world and honestly gives us a chance to maybe know this is sustainable even before the off-season starts. The higher that number goes, the more it happens. Anything to add to that? Discord make me happy while Michigan State make me sad. There you have it. Let's go to the comments. Uh, if you want to join the Discord, link in the description of this video and also in our Twitter bio if you're looking for that. Uh, comments from the Discord members. The first one is from Trent Frazier is GOAT. Good to see Trent Frazier is GOAT it's back. I feel like it's been a while. He says, uh, can I change my name to Ty Rogers is GOAT? You know what? No, I can't allow that as of yet. I can't allow that as of yet, but we're monitoring that. We get Give me two to three more good Ty Rogers games. And I'll allow the change. 
Am I allowed to say I think Ty Rogers is a more impactful player right now than Trent Frazier ever was? That might get that might get you hurt. I feel it. I, we still we still got to go to Champagne, and if someone comes out of a dark alley and takes a two by four to your knee, it's because you said stuff like this. Let the record show I did not say that. Let the let the court record show that was not something that I said. It was just explored as a question. Okay. Why Nebraska, <laughs> Nebraska ball says uh, Aaron Ulis was supposed to be Nebraska's point guard coming into the season, but the betting scandal <laughs> forced Jamarcus Lawrence <laughs> into that role. Uh, do you think Nebraska would be significantly better with Ulis in there or about the same? Uh, I think they'd be about the same and or worse. I, I'm not an Aaron Ulis believer. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Aaron Ulis stinks. So if anything, you dodged a bullet. I think there's a lot of like, high profile transfer guys who are clearly bad around the country. Ulyss would have been in that category for me. Counterpoint. Did Ulyss stink on purpose? Cause he had his unders really good chance. We haven't discussed like what to do with all these players involved in the betting scandals. Cause I mean, we're a pro betting show. I in theory love players who bet on things. Uh, Jameson Williams, great example. Of course, he showed up to the NFC Championship game with two touchdowns. I don't know what to make of Aaron Ulyss, though. I just think he's bad. But if he's betting on himself, that means he's good. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, there, there's not a world where if I'm not playing today, and I know I would get in trouble, um, but I'd find a way. Like, I'm betting my overs. Yeah. Like, if anything, I'd be, I'd, I'd be mad at myself because I played bad and I lost money. But, like, I'm betting. I'm betting yeah. on myself. Yeah, if Kise was a teammate of mine, I would bet his overs alt line every game. And also, if I could, I would bet over two and a half mispronunciations from you every Sleepers episode. I feel like I've been pretty good at that lately. You've been solid at it for sure, but it's, I mean, it's great value. See, why's it got to be solid? It's why just a sharp that? play. It's a sharp play. Bill Ini says, to balance your all-transfer team, can you assemble an all-I-screwed-up-by-transferring team? Players who should have stayed and not transferred. That's a fun one. Uh, I think Steven Ashworth should have stayed at Utah State. And in connection with that, I think Nevhar should have stayed at should have stayed at Creighton. Both of them, um, yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think, I think Olivia and Kamwa should have went somewhere else. I don't know. If, actually, I don't know if "stay" is the right word, but I think he should have went somewhere else. Um, who else would I put on there? I don't know. Is there any? Is there any ones obvious ones that I'm missing? Nick Timberlake. Yeah. Although I, maybe Timberlake just wants to be a part of a program. I have one actually. This goes back a couple of years. Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. On on topic, he just got packed up by his former team in a game where uh, at home, Tyrese Hunter shot 0 for 8 from the floor. Like, I, I just don't get it. I don't, he had everything in front of him at Iowa State and then left. And now Lipsy is great and Otz looks great. And he's playing off ball next to Max A. I don't get it. Um, I feel like we're missing a big, but I don't have one off the top of my head. We gotta be missing one. Um, the thing is, like, some bigs just went for like better, like greener pastures. Like Peyton Sparks was very highly touted. Um, so it was like Ledlums of the world, but like they didn't make a mistake. They just went to go play for better basketball teams. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I, feel, I do feel like we're missing somebody. Somebody is it? Somebody in the Big Twelve? Mm, I've been going through all the top twenty-five teams right now, and I can't really think. Like, here's a 
here's a weird under the radar one. Ryan Young. Like Northwestern to Duke. Northwestern's been legitimately good the last two years while Ryan Young's just coming off the bench for fine Duke teams that don't do anything. Like you could have you could have stayed at Northwestern, been the starting center for 30 minutes a game, played with Boo, and like been a part of something. Yeah. I as guess I to that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Sean Vowles says, how long do you think Tang will stay at Kansas State? A few bigger programs might come calling. A month and a half. Yeah. I think he's gone after the season. Yeah. The behind the scenes quietly, uh, it has been made known, known in a variety of circles that Tang is very open to leaving. That's actually, it could be a fun topic. Who are the coaches who are very open to leaving? There's some names that you would not expect. I'll leave it at that. I'd be Please. all I'd be I'd be all game for coaches actually coming to press conferences and be like, just so everyone knows, like I'm actively yeah. searching for a job. <laughs> Including like there's some that we talk about frequently on this program that according to people in the know are very actively trying to get out. Um it's it, it is one of those things like you don't want to holtman yourself. You don't want to like get at a job, get cushy, and then stay too long. Like sometimes it's better to do the Shaka smart where like if Shaka had stayed at Texas an extra year and it didn't go well, he probably doesn't get the Marquette offer. So sometimes it's good to leave and get a change of scenery before something goes south. Um, Dr. Doctor has uh, an extremely long comment here that I think I feel obligated to read because I think it's very funny. And I read it last night. But I'm probably going to paraphrase it because it's very long. He says, as a fantasy football punishment, I had to participate in pickup basketball runs. I know some have referred to it as the worst fantasy football punishment, all because I drafted Stefan stuck in Arrowhead 2021 digs in the first round. It just so happened sixth grade kids were playing on the court, and that was the only pickup game available. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, I am listed at 6'7", 190 pounds, with what some have referred to as the cleanest mullet-mustache combo this generation has laid eyes upon. Anyways, my competition was noticeably shorter than me with sixth grade Purdue natives rocking jerseys from the Spike Albrecht to Matt Harms to Vince Edwards era. I decided decided to rock a Colin Hartman jersey because we were playing on a nine-foot rim, put on the most dominant performance since the Cuban Missile Crisis when Wilt dropped 100. I finished with 63 points, 27 rebounds, three assists, seven blocks, and an emphatic emphatic 3.7 miles, eclipsing even the best in the world cardio cups, average of 3.2 miles a game. The sixth graders were visibly irritated, mumbling, he's just tall. I referenced some basic efficiency stats in which EvanMia.com had my BPR listed at 17.39. I used these analytics to disprove the sixth graders by saying I was simply a generational talent that was very skilled and knew how to use my flailing elbows to displace my opponents. If anything, I deserved more foul calls. Do these Purdue fans have a point that I'm, quote, just tall? That is one of the greatest. Is Dr. Doctor one of the greatest storytellers of our generation? I'm just glad you rewarded this man with the tickets and you, you oh. took it upon yourself. Um, I, I love the creativity. I think this is hilarious. I, you know, you get what he's trying to do here, right? Oh, I, I 100% get what he's trying to do here. It's funny. Well, do you agree with it? I do not know. So you don't think he's just tall? No. You think he's generational? I think he's generational. Dr. Doctor's generational in nine-foot rims against sixth graders. Yeah. 
This is true. Uh, actually, can I tell my generational basketball story real quick? Please. This is one of the more embarrassing things I've ever actually gone on record with, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, did you ever growing up do like the Bucks camp, basketball camp? Bucks? Yeah, it was B-U-C-S. You ever heard of that? B-U-C-S. Uh-uh. This was a thing in our Catholic Caucasian upbringing circles. Um, but I it, it was like an overnight basketball camp in the summer for uh, like high school age kids, like early freshman, sophomore age kids. Um, and I remember I did it one summer with like Zach Hurth, Mike Mooney, all everybody in that group, like Stumpos. And it was fun, like great little like three night getaway, all that, just hooping, like play basketball all day, go to bed at night, all that shit. And uh, the first day you get there and they're like, you're just shooting around and then they put you through like the quote unquote skills test tryouts because yes. like a hundred kids sign up and you do all the various things. And then they assign you to teams for the rest of the week and you play competitive games. Uh, I was assigned to the second age group while everybody else that I went to the camp with was assigned to the first age group, which was the appropriate one for our age. So <laughs> numbers whatever the performance was i was basically the first person at the cutoff that was not good enough for my actual age group and was assigned down an age group so for did, the you, just have the a week, did you just have a tough skills comp like a, a tough i didn't skills. i didn't feel i did anything wrong i mean the reality of it might just be i i'm me and other like zach and mooney were good at basketball and i wasn't but like i, I had a chip on my shoulder for sure after that okay, okay. But, so for the rest of the week though it's like they were all playing with their normal age and competitive ass games I was playing with like eighth graders and I was like a sophomore or a junior in high school at this point. Uh, Carter, when I tell you I cooked, I, this was, it was insane. Like it was the first time in my life. I'm not like running corner to corner looking for jumpers. Like I'm no, I'm doing everything. I'm Coleman Hawkins out here. And there's no Terrence Shannon or Marcus Damask around. Uh, I won MVP of the camp. Uh, yeah. One, one MVP got the trophy, threw the trophy away immediately when I got home. Cause it was embarrassing. But generational numbers that week. So with that said, I was just tall. Was I good at basketball? No, I was very bad at basketball. But when you put someone who's just tall in with people way smaller than them, sometimes it happens. So is Zach Eady just tall? I was talking my shit that week too. It was honestly a really fun week. I'm kind of, I'm kind of rattled that Dr. Doctor only put up 63 on nine foot hoops at six seven. Yeah, it's not great. Against sixth graders. That is kind of just tall. If there's a lesson here, always set the bar low on the front end. Like if you if you need to do something as like a stabilizer for what to expect, like tank it. Do do intentionally bad. Throw your game and then outperform. Set expectations low and overperform after. I'm with that. That's why for the first year of this podcast, we gave people an episode once every two weeks. And now here we are and people think we're great. It's nice. Uh, real Michael Johnson, which I believe is actually Tristan Freeman, who changed his name to Real Michael Johnson to try to get tickets, said, uh, "Hold on, six seven with a mullet." And any comments on being six seven with a mullet? Would you rock a mullet? If I could grow a mullet, I might. I might actually might rock it. Like I'm a. I think I could pull off a mullet. Yeah, I I think you could do a lot of things stylistically that would work for you. Yeah, except for those who don't know, like my hair grows curly though. So like in order to have a mullet, don't you kind of gotta have like slick back kind of flow a little bit? Yeah, I don't think you want a curly mullet, to be honest. Yeah, I don't even know if a curly mullet's a thing. 
Oh, it could be a thing. We can work on it. Kyle Tupper says, off-topic question, I caught significant flack today at an intramural co-ed volleyball game because I was, quote, spiking the ball too hard. My question is, where do you draw the line in a co-ed sport, or do you not draw it at all? Nobody was hurt, but I was told by an opposing player that her, quote, friend was scared. It was a playoff elimination game, which we won. I responded, at least she doesn't have to be scared anymore after tonight. Yes. Did I go? Did I go too far? Where's the line between competitive and for fun? Uh, one, you didn't go too far. Uh, inside those lines, it's all game. Uh, and this this is a great transition for a great story that I got to tell right here, G. Um, my freshman year, me, of course, Zach Hurst. Zach, Zach's a, a all these stories, man. All these stories. Me and Zach, um, for some reason, joined the co-ed intramural team. We had our own team, but we didn't have any other other girls on our team we just had like the freshman hoopers and we played a team of all girls and we were in the intramural center at albion and the rims were kind of low so like when we got there it was like showtime so like we're getting on the break z's throwing me oops doing like all this stuff and i get on a break right and one of my teammates malik is uh behind me saying throw it off the glass throw it off the glass now granted there is a young female right next to me who is all of maybe five to 109 pounds, maybe after a big meal at the dining hall, maybe. And I just hear, and I'm like, if I throw this off the glass, there's a good chance. Like she gets punched on and normal people would have been like, that's rude. But in my head, I'm like, Oh, this is showtime. So I throw it off the glass. Malik misses the dunk lands on the girl. The girl hurts herself. Like I'm pretty sure she has a pretty, like a, not a significant, like she was okay, but she had a back injury. But that's on her because you're in between the lines. And I would expect her to throw an oop to her teammate if she could do the same thing. And if I got hurt, I get hurt. It is what it is. Yeah. It stretches the line for me. Why? Like, I I mean, if, if you're in a charity event, are you not trying to win? No, it's a charity event. <laughs> See, that's crazy. I'm, a, I'm in a charity kickball game every year, and they have, like, little kids out there. And if it's kicked to me, like, I'm Jeter. Like, I'm grabbing it. They're running. I'm pegging them with the ball. See, I'm in, like, a beer league or, like, a just, like, hey, we're, we're doing this kickball league. Yes. It's for charity, though. Charity makes you lose the competitive edge. You're just out for charity. If you're not for charity, then, yeah, like, kill whatever's across from you. Anytime the big cartel steps within the lines, he's ready to compete. Any comment on you and I's collective head-to-head battles? I'm not talking basketball. Basketball, you destroy me because you're 6'7 and a dangerous animal. But, uh, like, lifetime in all things we've ever competed in, what do you think the record is? All things. All things? All things. Mm. You're probably up, I'd say, like, 28. Eight to twenty. That makes me think we haven't competed enough. If we've only competed forty-eight times, yes. Yeah, I mean, we probably competed forty-eight times just in the last two months alone. Um, yeah, I, but the, the the big thing is my head-to-head bets have been, I think, the difference because we've done more of those than we have like played basketball, and the win percentage is the same. Um, mm-hmm. But then we're into like bar games, which I feel like when you and I play bar games, anything can happen. I mean, you destroyed me in darts in Madison. Yeah. Um, what other drinking games? What other bar games did we play? We like, like made uh, our we made our own random one in Champagne, and we both won a couple renditions of it. Yeah, you beat me in Pop Shot. I did. Well, I beat anyone in Pop Shot. That's 
Okay. Well, I'm just I'm throwing it out there. I haven't stepped in an establishment with a pop a shot and not set the record since I was 11. You also threw your back out playing pop shot. I did. Did I set the record though? Did you? Of course. Oh, okay. So you threw your back out setting a record on pop shot. Yeah, that champ shit. That's that's what Tyson <laughs> Walker's doing right now. He's trying to drag you all to the Sweet 16. Like yeah. that's. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, Good time. Mike says three most interesting realistic title matchups. You can't say Purdue UConn. That's too easy. Uh, what do you got? I'm gonna go with the easy one. Arizona UNC just for storylines, vibes. I think would be. I think would be pretty great. Um, also, UConn Kansas rematch. I'd actually like to see that again. Um, I think that'd be fun. Third one. What do I want? It's going to be random, but I want it to be coaches that are leaving. So give me like Dusty May squaring off with somehow Kansas State's in the plane and then they get to the title game. Yeah, that'd be fun. Ass, ass game maybe, but I kind of want just two coaches that are – have as the confetti rains down, they announce that they'll be at Louisville next year. Basically the the Harbaugh Saban, like this is it. This is yeah. the final, like who loser goes home. Yeah, yeah this is like loser takes their ball and goes home. I like that. Um, yeah, I, Arizona, North Carolina has to be one for the obvious Caleb Love reason. Um, I think I, I'm fixated on like matchups of rivals or people who don't like each other. So like for that reason, Illinois, Kansas would be awesome. I would love to see Hunter Dickinson like in a national championship setting against the team he's 0-8 against or 0-7. Like what, what would happen? Because can you imagine if Hunter got the one win for a championship? That'd be like crazy. That, that would be insane. It would rewrite everything. Uh, I don't know that I have a third other than like, I don't know. It probably does come back to like a Cinderella involved, maybe a Florida Atlantic. Um, it's hard. It's hard because I like Purdue and UConn are the best teams. And ultimately, I want to see the best teams. Play. Yeah. What about like Gonzaga, Arizona? Gonzaga's so bad, though. Yeah, I know. Gonzaga's really bad. Yeah, I don't know. I like. Is it cheating to say Duke Carolina? I wouldn't mind another Duke Carolina rematch. No, it's not cheating. No. I love that. That was the the most exciting game I've ever seen was Duke Carolina, and uh, I think we should root for that to happen more in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Big Goose, who uh, I believe was Fam, and now he's yeah. Big Goose. What's going on with the Goose? What is that? It, so this goes back to Sully. Uh, Sully was going off about how he's going to lose to the McNeese Geese in a 15-2 match or some matchup in the tournament. He's just re- been referring to McNeese State as the McNeese Geese. Like he's like, who cares about this game coming up? This is all just to lose to the McNeese Geese in a 14-3 matchup or so whatever he was saying. And, and fans just been running with the Goose narrative, basically. So Michigan State fans have embraced the Goose because is that something I, a statement on where Michigan State's at? Like, we're just Shit. the goose. I, I couldn't call it. You never want to be the goose, but okay. Big Big Goose says any gold nugget movie recommendations. My team is hashtag poop. Oh, any good movie recommend? I haven't seen that many good movies as a re- that's uh the if you like rom coms, that Sydney Sweeney movie was actually good. Are we gonna have to do my Sydney Sweeney dialogue right now? Is that what we're gonna no, do? No, please, no. I think please. we have to do it. Like you no, can't, you can't no. say her name on this program and not have the dialogue. Oh, uh, here we go. I don't get the Sydney Sweeney hype at all. I don't get it. Don't get it. Do you want to explain it to me? 
Nope. I don't get it. Do I need to elaborate? <laughs> no, that's that's your that's your provocative. I just don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I know like that's some people claim I feel like I'm trumping some people right now. I should I should breathe. <laughs> uh I just I don't get it. I don't I I don't understand why she has become like the A-list supreme Hollywood actress. I don't think she's a great actress. I get it. You do get it? Can you explain it to me then? <laughs> nah, I just like she's just pretty. Is that it? She's just she's very pretty, and that's no. That's not that's not just it. What else is it then? Just I get it. What do you get? Like help me get it. I can't. If you don't get it, you don't get it. I just get it. Like I I think there's plenty of beautiful actresses that are extremely beautiful and like really good actresses or really funny. And I. Like, is it, do I need to watch Euphoria? Is there some like mind breaking performance? You've never seen Euphoria? I've seen the clips of Euphoria and she's just scream crying in them. That's it. Oh, she was great in Euphoria. Does she scream cry a lot? That's, is that I mean, she does a little bit of everything. She has a a great character arc. Well, that's the writers. I mean, she did a good job of portraying it. All right. I, I get it. You get it and you also, get this i i get it which it i get like her i get her i get it do you get my it that i don't get it like do you get that i don't get it i understand i don't agree so you understand me but you get it yeah okay all right uh yeah movie i don't have a movie right i try to watch the please don't destroy movie which is like they're like a comedy trio that uh is featured on Saturday Night Live, and I think those guys are really funny. It was horrible. Wasn't good. Don't recommend it. Haven't watched a movie besides that in a pretty long time. Gusamog <laughs> says, MSU is booty, and I just found out I'm going to need foot surgery. I can't even enjoy the hoops while I'm in a boot for the next two months. Prayers up to Gusamog, a.k.a. Ulamog. Uh, we wish you well. Dan to F and man says it really sucks to have to have the discussion, but it's time. Although he has been marginally good this season is AJ Hogard, the worst point guard in the Tom Izzo era ever. No, he's not the worst. Is that you're going Tom Tom? I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always, promise to be careful with my words on Tom since the great Tom Tom Tyson Walker debate. Um, <laughs> AJ Hogard is not a bad player, but I do think he's the worst point guard that Izzo's had. Yeah, because I agree. For, for all the, the oh, wait, wait, you think he's the worst point guard? Well, for for all the 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 head of the snake isms that Izzo's throwing around, like I think your locker rooms have been the worst locker rooms because AJ Hogard has been the point guard and yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot more that goes into being Michigan state starting point guard for three years than assists. Um, Say what you want about Tom man made a final four starting in that game. And the team was very good. So. And he he also kept players on that team in line that once they weren't around Tom, they lost their noggins literally men who should be in prison right now. Tom was like, no, you should come back next year and do Bible study with me. And the guy was like, okay, let's do it. Like that's insane. Um, 
Yeah, I think truly, like I'm trying to imagine, if you put AJ Hogard on those teams, I think the teams get worse. Even though oh, he's better, yeah. even though he's I a better do. player than Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Probably. Okay. Uh, Travis Nelson says we need a program reset. AJ has had some damn good games, but it's really time for a change. Tyson and Malik are gone. AJ and Mahdi should follow suit. This core hasn't done anything of note. Define an era of mid that I just can't stand for any longer. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind a nice little refresh. We've had so much Michigan State today. We'll have a, a segment on the state of the program in just a moment, Trav. We'll address some of this. Derek says, Benjamin Johnson, Big Ten Coach of the Year, yes or no? No. I, I don't think he's high enough in the standings to be Big Ten Coach of the Year. I think there's still some coaches I would give it over over him. Like, I think guard would be one. Uh Honestly, even uh, there's 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 other coaches. I think Ben Johnson is having a, a great season for him. Don't get me wrong, um, but I don't think he's anywhere close to Big Ten Coach of the Year. I think it's guard, and I think it's wrapped up. Yeah, I I don't I don't think it's a competition at this point. I think it's Greg Guard took an NIT team, made the necessary offseason moves, has them top twelve in the country. Yeah, it's guard. Yeah. Uh, Painter's Petting Zoo alumni says, starting now, I'm going to start requesting once per week a Sleeper's nine-hole golf session podcast. I will keep asking till it happens, and then parentheses, is this good off-season content? Is he asking for content of us golfing once a week? I think so. You think that'd be feasible if we actually did that? Like, if we connected with our families and other lives and we're like, look, on Tuesdays, me and Greg are going to meet and Lansing and play nine holes of golf. Yeah, I think for content purposes, we could look the the golf YouTube game is strong. Like that's people that are entertaining that make golf content are thriving right now. So I do think there's a world where like sleepers doing some off season golf stuff we could make into content and people would watch it and enjoy it. Um, the two big problems with that. It's really hard. Like it takes a lot to produce. And like I, I made literally just like a TikTok of me golfing and keeping score for nine holes uh, the day before my daughter was born. That's crazy to think about. Literally the day before my daughter was born. You can go watch it. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Took forever. Was, to make. Wasn't Mal with you too? Yeah. I, Mal came with me to the golf course, drove around in the golf car, and then was in labor 12 hours later. <laughs> but – uh, great video. Uh, it, it was really hard to produce though. Like it took me like 12 hours to make on TikTok. So, um, that's hard. And then the second obstacle is that you get in a very bad mental place when golfing. I do, but golf development, new club Carter's upon us. That's true. It is. I'm, I'm getting the QI 10 Taylor maids. Um, I got fitted for them. Got you know, not saying it's going to, improve my score any bit any at all but damn it i'm gonna hit the ball greg and you've seen me play the past couple times struggled outside of my three wood to hit the ball so i am very much looking forward to hitting the ball wherever it may go after that who really cares but it's gonna feel good to hit a ball i think the the real thing is we need to somehow get someone who just like wants to be the sleepers producer and we would, I want to pay this person, obviously, but we need to get to a point where it's like, hey, Cart and I make the content. You produce the content. 
and like, hey, we're going to go golfing today. Can you come? The person's like, yeah. If we had that, I would do this all the time. I have so many stupid ideas if we had that. Also, it wouldn't be like a can you come. It'd be like we're sending you a text and be like, I don't care what you're doing. Drop that and get to the course and get the camera and start recording. If somebody wants to do that, we could make a budget for this. And I'd have a lot of ideas for things I want to do. Like I still I want to get you in a batting cage. You claim that you can nick a ball from Justin Verlander. I want to put that to the test. Um, I have a lot of ideas for things. So we just need someone to help produce this stuff. Super woke has the final comment of the day. Uh, this one came in four minutes ago. I love, this is where super woke's head is at right now over lunch. Uh, is Robbie Hummel just handsome? I don't think Robbie Hummel's that handsome. I'm not going to comment on another man's handsome level. Uh, you've done that many times. What do you mean? Robbie's a good looking guy. I mean this in the nicest way possible. Robbie Hummel is state fair handsome. That does not seem like you mean that in a nice way at all. That seems incredibly I, I, insulting. No, I'm not trying to insult him because he's handsome. I mean, that seems incredibly insulting. State fair handsome. What are you like? What are you lifetime fitness handsome? No, I'm not handsome in any circles. I wouldn't say that. I think you're a good looking guy. Thanks. Well, can we have a handsome break on this podcast? <laughs> what does that mean? Like we, I, every episode, some person's handsomeness has come into play. So we're not allowed to talk about people's handsomeness anymore? I mean, I guess we can. But now you got me feeling bad that I called Robbie Hummel State Fair handsome. That's I, not, I didn't mean that as an insult. It's one of the most insulting things that has ever been. I mean, I mean it as like he, you know, wins best in show for the hog that he brought up. And he's also like going to enchant you when he pays for your lemonade and your, and your, uh, what's it called? Your funnel cake, your ear, your elephant ear. And then like Susie goes home, kind of like the grease setting. And she's like, mama, I met this boy at the fair. Robbie, his name was Robbie. And he was a damn good gentleman. And he was dashing as well. I need Robbie to see this, <laughs> but like, I'm sorry. That's what I want. I, I am not responsible. It's, for what it's, it's a compliment. <laughs> None of this is a compliment, man. That's like I called him a Mackie six. Like, come on. Should we do who's the most handsome basketball figure for each big 10 program real quick? Can we do that? No. I feel like we should do who's the most, who's the most handsome Michigan state figure. Player, player, player coach, anybody from the last 20 years. Who's the most handsome Michigan State? Can we go to the topics, man? No, no, I'm, now I'm on this. The fact that you called Robbie Hummel State Fair handsome. Well, who's <laughs> who's the most handsome Michigan State guy? I don't know. Well, figure it out. We're, we're not going to the episode until we get through this. So you can help me get there or not. <laughs> hmm. No, no. Well, let's let's work it through. You got any any nominees here? I'll throw one out. Kyle Aaron's handsome dude. Who thought GAs? Yeah. Anyone involved in the Michigan State program? Who's who's the most handsome Michigan State guy? How about Drew Valentine? He dress. Cool dude. Love Drew. I feel like you're just throwing your boy a bone here, but that's fine. I mean, I, I really don't know where to go with this one, to be honest with you. Okay, who's the most handsome Illinois figure? 
Darren Williams. <laughs> that's a that's on you. Uh Dane. I thought Brandon Paul was a good looking guy. This is a crazy segment. Can we please go on? <laughs> who's the Purdue? If if Painter's or if 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 Robbie's the state fair handsome guy, who's the most handsome Purdue guy? Carson Edwards? Hmm. Not my type. I I beg you, can we please go on to your <laughs> Please. Please. I'm not having a good time. I'm not. It's a great segue into our first topic today. Uh, we want to talk about the state of the Michigan State Pro. <laughs> All right. You said uh, we got on the Zoom call, and sometimes we have topics ready, sometimes we don't. The first thing you said to me when we got on the Zoom call this morning was, can we just do I'm angry and I'm hurt at Michigan State? So I'll throw it over to you. I have a direction I want to go with this. I have what I alluded to a week ago that I think could fix the Michigan state program that I now feel even more strongly about, and I'm ready to go on record with it. But first I want to just give the floor to you. Uh, how are you feeling about Michigan state and the direction of the program? I think this program needs, needs, needs something fresh. I don't know what form that fresh comes in. I think that fresh could come in the, the form of some of the players on the team not being a part of the team next year, whether it be via graduation or any other sources. Um, now, I, I want to be greedy in what I want, Gregory, because there's no one that can stop me from being greedy. I want there to be some type of new refresh or blood brought into the team and into the, like an injection of life into this program but I don't want it to come at the expense of us missing the tournament. Um, now, you might say, and you're probably going to bounce back to me and say that it, it that's what needs to happen for the reset that need to happen. If that's the case, then I am game for that right now. That is my answer to that question. I am willing to miss the tournament if that resets, restarts this program, and we can get out and move on from what has been a very mediocre last couple of years. Okay? And yes, Thank you. I get it. We won some tournament games. I haven't had a good time these last four years. Okay. That is what it is. And that relates to certain players on this basketball team. Um, so would I like to have a reset without missing the tournament? Yes. If you come at me and you're like, yes, there's only one way to do it. And that's missing the tournament. I Carter Elliott am staking my claim that I am done. I'm fed up. I'm sick of this shit. I want to reset. And if that comes at the expense of missing the tournament, that's fine with me, man. Miss it. It's going to suck. The jokes are going to fly. Who cares? If it if it causes a positive reaction, then it'll be worth it in the end. So I have a couple of follow-up questions here. Um, the idea of resetting. That can just be like, I just want new players. Because I, I feel like what I'm hearing from you is I'm just sick of this roster. I'm sick of AJ Hogart. I'm sick of Malik yeah. Hall. I'm sick of Madi Sissoko. Fine. I, I am too. I think all Michigan State fans are. Uh, but 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 it's not but it's not just the roster, though. It's the it's the overall approach to okay. the landscape of like college. Well, that's that's my question to you though, is like, are we are we sure it is? Are we sure it is? Because there is a world where next year's team is just Jeremy Fears, Trey Holloman, Jade Nakins, Kurt Tang, Cohen Carr, Xavier Booker, Garrick Normand, Carson Cooper. Those are your eight players. 
He doesn't add shit. Those are the A players. There's a world where that team's fun and good. So, like, is it really broader that you're frustrated with, or is it just the players themselves? Players. So even if if next year's team only has eight guys and it's those eight and they're pretty good, you're still going to be frustrated. If 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 that's if we and we don't add anything, yes. Okay. Yes. So then the follow up is like, don't we know by now that Izzo's not going to do that? Like when when you say like refresh, what's a realistic outcome? Like Tom Izzo's just going to wake up and be like. I messed up. Let's get centers. Even though he said no three straight seasons of it. Like, yeah. But that's, that's where my, my, but that's what, but but isn't that what missing on paper? That's what missing the tournament does. It, yes, it causes, it sends such a sense of, oh my God, I'm at this point. Yeah. What do I do now? Like that's, I guess that's where the wanting to miss the tournament portion comes from is the fact that you think it'll cause a chain reaction if it didn't that'd be the worst case scenario because then we miss it and then just run it back and they're like oh my god here we go again yeah yes 100 percent um look tom Izzo is a legend he's a hall of fame coach he's forgotten more about basketball than you and i will ever know combined nothing will change that like Tom, Tom could miss the tournament five straight years. That won't happen, but Tom could literally miss the tournament five straight years, retire, and he's still in the Hall of Fame. He still has a statue at Michigan State one day. He's still the greatest coach in Michigan State history. None of what I'm about to say changes that. Tom is also a stubborn MFer who is extremely prideful of himself, his beliefs, and doing things his own way is what it is. That's been good. That's been a big part of Michigan State's success, especially in the early 2000s, even in the 2010s, in the early 2010s, right? Since Denzel Valentine's been in uniform, Tom Izzo's teams have not been anything special unless they have a special player or special players. So he had very good teams with Cassius Winston. He had very good teams with, I mean, Bridges and Jaron and Tillman. Those are, those are great players. The issue has been he hasn't he hasn't had good players. Like go go through the recruiting classes, they've stunk. Like this this year's roster is getting the brunt of it right now. AJ Hogar, Malik Hall, Mari Sissoko, God, we hate them all. W- what's different about this from Gabe Brown and Thomas Kittier and Rocket Watts and Foster Lawyer, Marcus Bingham? Is it, this is four years of this, and that four years coincides with the game changing with being able to pay players with being able to add players from offseason to offseason. So it's clear at this point, the portal stuff needs to change. I just don't like, why would Tom change? Why would Tom change? Unless they do miss the tournament. Like that, that is the theory uh, for those that's, that last time. That's the theory. Kind of just like he's had like, when is, why does the missing the tournament have to be the, the, the swing point? Because I get it. Like, he is prideful and we, we say that and the stubbornness and the pridefulness part of that's what leads to his success, by the way, like we can't like just take that away. Like part of him doing that has led to success at Michigan state. Um, But I just don't understand how you look, you, you broadly take a step back and look at the landscape of college basketball 
and you don't just realize that you need to improve your roster from more than one way. And one of those ways is the portal. And like, you, you know, in a lot of sports, they call things a copycat league. If you go to the top 10 teams in the country, a lot of them, you know what they got? They got guys that they they had weak spots and they went in the portal and they they made it happen. Yeah. You kind of lost Jordan Hawkins. They go and get Cam Spencer. Uh, yeah, Kansas had a tough season. You know, they not necessarily had a tough season, but like they've been, they had an opportunity to go get an All-American center. They go get one. Like that's an upgrade from a, a David McCormick. Like they, they just, they took steps to upgrade the roster and it's out there if you want to do it. And look, it's not a necessarily 100% hit rate either. Like we could go out and get a, a portal player and it could fail. That that very well could happen, but the not the non effort, the not even trying, is baffling to me with what what the roster outlook is. Well, it comes back it comes back to pride to me because Izzo speaks about loyalty to his guys as a huge point of pride, and there's there's two teams that were like preseason top ten teams in the country that did that this offseason. One was Michigan State. One was Marquette. If you listen to what Shaka said in the offseason, he's like, we're one of the only programs in the country that didn't bring a transfer in, as if that's a good thing, as if that's a point of pride. You know what Marquette would love right now? <laughs> Another starter? <laughs> like they, <laughs> They're like a player short, man. Like we're, we're talking about Ben Gold with four points off the bench. Like that's a big needle-moving thing for Marquette when they they didn't replace Omax. Like they, they lost him. They did not replace him. And their team's worse off because of it. And the same thing's happening with Michigan State, and it has happened year over year. And um, look, I I don't think like for other coaches in this sport, you don't have to have a failure in order to realize you should use the portal. For Tom Izzo, you do, because like at this point, Tom's entire for a while it was I evaluate myself by Final Fours. It was evaluate myself by national championships. It was I'm going to get second or I'll die trying. That's what it was. You're lying to yourself if that's what you still think Tom Izzo evaluates his program on. Hasn't been the case in four years. He, he does, and you will broadly say it's about Final Fours. It's about success. That's why you put Final Four logos in the weight room in July with this team, with this insane roster. But, like, every year at the end of the year for the last four years, the narrative has been Tom got him clicking at the right time. He, he took that bad team and he he made them something by the end of the year. That streak is alive. Good for that. That streak. Look at the Tom Izzo streak. And Tom pats himself on the bat. At the end of last year, it was, well, we were a shot away from the Elite Eight with Madi Sissoko at center. We're close. I don't need a center. The year before, it was, well, we were a shot away from beating Duke. With Madi Sissoko, it's, I don't need a center. We were this close to a Sweet 16. The year before, it was, well, we, I mean, we got over the hump with with Marcus Bingham and these guys. Why do I, I, I have what I need. We just need to be better. As long as he's allowed to keep making the tournament, say the streak's alive and click at the right time, bullshit, why would he change? If he didn't change the last three years, why, why is he going to magically change now? And for most coaches in the country, yeah, you could, you could make a Final Four run and still decide, oh, I need to use the portal more. Tom Izzo's not wired that way. As long as there hasn't been a failure that forces him to look himself in the mirror and accept and own the fact that he's damaging his own legacy by being this stubborn, 
It's not going to change. So like we've seen this, I've compared this year to what Tyson Walker's doing, dragging this team to the tournament. It's similar to Aaron Henry to me. Say, say Tyson Walker has legacy moments down the stretch of the season, drags you to the play-in you beat or no, you lose, you lose to wake forest in the play-in. You're really telling me Tom's not rolling out the same centers next year on night one. I don't think he would. He did the last three years, man. Like, how do I feel like I know your coach better than you? Well, he won tournament games the last couple of years, so that's the thing. At least if he if he gets there and loses in the play in, I truly think that he he wouldn't run it back. Like you pointed out yourself, you said in the past couple of years he's done enough to do the I was one shot away thing. I don't think he'd be able to do that if he loses in the play in. But the streak stays alive. That's that's what he evaluates himself on at this point. Did I make it? That's a that's a success for Tom Izzo in the last four years is making the tournament. Other, if it wasn't a success, he would have changed shit by now. Like if, if Tom Izzo did not view the last three years with AJ Hogard and Mati Sissoko as core members of this program as successes, he would have replaced them. He he views it as success if he just gets there. Right, but to your point. If he's as prideful as he is and as stubborn as he is, I don't think he'll even change if he misses the tournament. That's 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 honestly where where I think things are trending. So if that's the case, do you think he like? Do you want change bad enough to want him gone? Not right now, because you think there's hope for change, though, or because I I'm yeah I'm ho- I'm giving him the benefit. I, yes, I am. I'm called hopeful, but yes, I yeah. Okay, so if this if I gave you two paths, Tom Izzo's your head coach, and he's not going to add a transfer this offseason versus Tom Izzo steps down, retires, and you got to figure out who's next. Which path are you taking? Figure out who's next. It's just crazy, man. Like, it's it's crazy to evaluate, like, Like it, it should be so obvious that he needs a bunch of transfers. It should have been obvious the last three years. Well, I know the worst part about it is the only thought that comes across my head is that he would want to get the only reason he would want transfers is so that they actually like wouldn't do well and he would come to the podium and be like, Well, you guys told me to go out there and get these transfers. Hasn't yeah. changed much. Like that would be that would be the win for him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I uh if I was forced to answer your question for the record, I would choose Izzo for sure. You you never never root for a Hall of Famer to leave just because you don't know what's coming next. Um, I mean, I don't I don't want him to. That's a thing, but like that's a that's a tough like how do you it's just a tough option? Like how do you miss the tournament and not add anything? Yeah, I don't know. Uh this was a question posed in our Discord that I just think is a really fascinating mind thing. Um most people will laugh it off and pick one side, but if you were given the opportunity to take Michigan basketball's last four years or Michigan State basketball's last four years, which would you take? Before you answer, Michigan won the Big Ten, made an Elite Eight, and then made a Sweet 16 before two years of missing the tournament. Michigan State has not won the Big Ten in that span. Um, I believe Sweet 16 is the furthest you went, but has made the tournament every single year. Which which of those two paths would you take? I think I take Michigan State. See with that, 
missing the tournament twice in a row this is why this that answer because i i think michigan state fans will agree with you most will i bet like not all will some in our discord said they'd take michigan but the fact that you quickly answer michigan state and most people are going to agree with you tells me the standards have changed as long as y'all make the tournament you're happy but missing the tournament two straight years over a championship you have a chance to choose a big 10 championship and the furthest run in March over we made it again. And you're choosing you made it again. I mean, we all but you, you do the last four years thing that cuts it off, right? The year before right. we this look, I, I didn't come up with this hypothetical, and you have to go that far back to make it worthwhile of even thinking Michigan. Otherwise, you obviously choose Michigan State. I'm not sitting here saying Michigan's a healthier program. This year's been the worst year of my life. But the fact that Michigan State fans would be given a pool of results. That includes a championship and an Elite Eight run and choose the pool of results that includes, well, we made it every year. Tells you exactly like every with, every with, with runs, with runs in it too. Runs? Run. Run with run. And that run went less far than Michigan's best run did. And Michigan had a second run to that same level. So you're choosing the last four years of Michigan then? Michigan, Michigan has had higher peaks in the last four years yes now so, I, I'm, I'm saying so in the last it's it's not about peaks though it's about the last four years you're taking the michigan four. i don't know what i would choose truly i don't know what i would choose i because it if if it's just being chosen in a vacuum and it's not about the trajectory of the program i think i would choose michigan because i i want a banner yeah i'm, but, I'm not I, I both options aren't i don't think there's i don't even know if there's a right answer to be honest with you no, it's not. It's a total toss-up. But that's the point for me is like Michigan State fans are choosing just making it over a championship and deeper march runs. I'm 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 definitely choosing making it over missing it two straight years. Yes, but that's missing that's, it two straight years is crazy. This speaks to why I think you need to miss it to get a fucking wake up call. Like. Yeah, yeah. Miss. I don't need a Big Ten championship. I don't need an Elite Eight. We had that UCLA year where we made the play in. Like, <laughs> that's and but it was that you're picking from different years right now, though. That's the thing. Like, how's the plan from UCLA coming into this? Well, you, I just like you acting like the difference between y'all losing in the play in to UCLA versus whatever Michigan was last year is like, like yeah, that's basically the same season. Except y'all got one extra game where you got packed up by Johnny Juzang and Izzo grabbed Aaron Henry's neck or Kate Brown's neck, whoever it was. Like, I mean, there's there is a big difference between making it and not making it for your program right now. Yeah, for any program, it should be. Well, this again, if that's over a banner, Cart, like that's the the, the choice is literally Big Ten championship, Elite Eight, and Sweet Sixteen, or we made it four years. Right, and you guys are I mean, all that, like, "Let's well, let's take make it." That, yeah, I guess the standards have changed. No, it's it's also a mich. I mean, this is kind of like a Michigan. Now it's becoming like a Michigan thing, though. It's like it's it doesn't matter that we missed the tournament these past two years because we. Oh, no, it does. We no, Cart, we we all want our coach fired. He's probably not going to be. It sucks. I hate. I've I've said on every preview we've done for Michigan State for a month. I would cut off a finger to be in your spot this year. Like again, if you if you include trajectory of the program, no question it's Michigan State. No question. Jawan Howard has driven my program off a cliff. 
but the the like y'all used to be a program that evaluated yourself off of final fours now you are a program that does not care about championships and just wants to make it every year and I, the fans are part of this not all of them but that's that's why tom Izzo isn't changing shit because as long as he makes it that's success and you you just said that's that's the toss up here do you want a championship and an elite eight or do you want a sweet 16 and making it you want making it no that's okay, okay. <laughs> that's that's not it though you're doing that that's what you're saying right now is not that's not apples to apples or whatever phrase you want to call it that's not it also how? how also you're speaking like we haven't made a final four in 20 years you got one since i was in college a lot of teams don't even have one. And a lot of teams do have one. A lot of programs a lot that are a lot worse off than Michigan of them, State have one. Don't. Though. A lot. Oh, and a lot do, my friend. Like, I'm just saying. I'm and, just saying. You're, I'm just saying. You're speaking on like. I'm not saying like I'm hanging on to that Final Four from 2019. But what I am saying is that it was in 2019, not 20, 2005. Okay. And if 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 the hypothetical was choose the last five years, we both choose Michigan State. Yes. Also, I also hate spiders and I hate heights. And that's what you just asked me to pick between with Michigan, Michigan State in these last four years. Who who cares about them both? We're both. It's the last couple years. Who cares? Banner. I won. I, keep Juwan then, if that's the case. I, I, I'm actively advocating for mine to be fired. He shouldn't, though, because well, he has a Big Ten banner. That's a great four years. Oh, he absolutely should because that's clearly not sustainable. And when there's a downward trajectory, you should want change for your basketball program. I'm judging him off the last four years. Jawan should stay because he got you that banner and he got you that elite eight run. I mean, the, the, the sad truth is that the worst Michigan basketball coach I've seen in my life has higher highs than a lot of great coaches. It does. Has some that, great hand downs. That sucks. All right. Basketball sucks. I think that's where we come to. Not and not when you make the tournament. I don't want to make it. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. I want my Big Ten banner and I want to miss it. I changed my mind. Big Ten banners stink. Who cares about them? What's the point of winning the Big Ten? Did you guys win that one outright, or is that the one you shared? It was the COVID year where games were messed up, but in the record books, yes, Michigan won it outright. Illinois fans griped that. Yeah, that was shot. okay. That was that was the year with Trent uh, Frazier in the paper. Yes. Gotcha. Correct. All right. Where do we go now? You want to talk about day? Huh? How's your day? It sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina's has worse chemistry than Carter and I do right now. <laughs> we should have ended with this one. We should have ended with this topic. Yeah. I don't know how we're supposed to pick up the pieces. Sorry, people. This is probably a tough one. Uh, North Carolina, Harrison Ingram and Armando Baycott are kind of signaling that there's trouble behind the scenes in Chapel Hill. So the same North Carolina team who beat Duke three days ago and got a huge statement win at home on national television and highs, highs, and Paxson Wojcik and Cormac Ryan and a walk-on are on Franklin Street. Everything was great uh, until there was – so reportedly a players only meeting last week before the Duke game. And now there's reports that uh, they had to cancel a practice or cut a practice short before the Clemson game. And then players showed up late to shoot around. 
This is Armando Baycott and Harrison Ingram who are telling the media these things are happening and this is bad. Kind of seems like things you would hope are kept under wraps normally in a good college basketball program, but uh, not the first time we have seen an Armando Baycott North Carolina team have chemistry issues and off court. What the hell's going on with that team concerns? So what do you make of this? I'm also a little bit concerned that these are just like come to the forefront. Like, why is it? I, I, I just, it's funny to me that North Carolina is a good basketball team, right? They lost the game at home to Clemson. That sucks. Clemson's not a bad basketball team. They lost on the road to Georgia tech. Call that what you want. Yes. That is a bad loss. They won against Duke, their rival at Cameron. Meanwhile, all over the place, there's just players coming out left and right, just like it's a therapy session, throwing out all the issues of the team out there and giving everyone an inside look to the dysfunctional dysfunctionality that I think is happening behind the scenes. And it's just odd to me that this team, like, let's not get it twisted. Let's take a step back. Still a good basketball team. Still number one in the ACC, 10 and two overall in the ACC, I believe they are. And they're having players only meetings, guys showing up late to pregame things. Um, It's just, it's weird to me. And if recent history of North Carolina stacks up the way it should, uh, there might be an opening of the floodgates moment coming. And that's a scary sight, a scary thought. Yeah. uh, How much do you think like the leaders of this team are part of the problem? Because it seems like Ingram and Baycott are kind of like publicly being like, my teammates are effing up. And Baycott has been loud about Caleb Love's departure. And he called it a divorce. And RJ Davis has been loud about how much better the chemistry is. So like at, at a certain point, doesn't it just feel like the best players on this team are pointing a lot of fingers publicly? Yeah. And and not a lot of that finger pointing has anything to do with that hand turning around and doing a little or what what, what were we doing all that? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no thumbs pointing at the hey, hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Shout out to T Swift. Uh there's games that Armando Baycott himself has let down this team. And I don't I haven't seen any of self self calling out of that. Um Harrison Ingram didn't have himself a good game in this Clemson game. Uh, it's just way too much smoke around this program right now that I don't like. And to use one of my favorite Rob Dowster isms, when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, and like <laughs> nice ism there first of all. Uh yeah, it, it's it's also like smoke coming from a perfectly insulated house that doesn't have a fireplace. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's yeah. like, and, and there's a fire alarm too. Like you don't have yeah. to worry about a fire. If there was a fire, the fire alarm would go off. That's what I'm saying. Like I, there there are certain you know, like you live in a tent in a, a forest in California, and you're out on a 110 degree day. You can't be surprised if your house catches fire. But North Carolina has a great house. On paper, so like, and the results of this house have been great. It, it passes all performance reviews. Any inspection, like this house has been great all season long. And the first sign of adversity, like the very first sign of adversity, mom and dad are just ready to blame the children. Like that's what's going on. And I, I don't get it. It's it feels like signs of bad leadership to me because I've uh, you and I have both worked for various organizations with various leaders where it's like. 
sometimes you just have a good boss or a, a good person who owns stuff and it's easy to work for and you like it. And then you have people who are like finger pointers who make things more dramatic than it should be. And it's really hard to be a successful organization when that's the case. And I think for three years, Armando Baycott and RJ Davis made everyone believe it was all Caleb Love's fault. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. This year's team has some of these same issues, despite being way better at basketball. Like the fact that players are even showing up late and any of this is going public is an Armando Baycott problem to me. Um, so I, I don't know. The hard one for me to square is Harrison Ingram's involvement. Like he's new to this program and he's kind of taking a vocal, like guys are messing up stance here. Um, I, maybe, maybe they're just being honest and accurate. Maybe this is on like, I don't know who Cormac Ryan and Elliot Cadeau and Seth Trimble just no showed a shoot around or something, but either way, it doesn't indicate to me that things are good in Chapel Hill. And uh, I'm not predicting implosion, but I think this is a sign of some serious things to come that could translate to the basketball court. Final thought on this. Isn't the point of a players only meeting just for it to be about the players. Why do players only meetings always come out? Yeah. Rule number one of the, the body language classes that I took um, was that if a player's only meeting becomes a public only tell all, then it wasn't a real meeting. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was a, it was a for show meeting. Exactly. And that's North Carolina is really frustrating to the body language PhD that I am because like the fun part is dissecting the body language as if they're trying to hide the problems. North Carolina is just like, these are our problems. We're an 18 and five basketball team. And I have problems. Hey, and hey, I, over, over here. Yeah. We got problems. Like, right. what do you think? Is, what do you think is this? Dr. Phil? Like that's no, like you don't get to come yell about your problems when you have 18 wins on the season. Okay. I'm supposed to speculate things. And then your fans are supposed to yell at me for speculating. And then two months from now, I'm supposed to be right. And everyone's like, Oh, Greg nailed it. There's there's nothing for me to do with this. Like my my work here is done. Go deal with it. Go to therapy. North Carolina's blowing up your secretary trying to get an appointment for something that you already talked to them over the phone about and said, look, you're fine. A little rest, a little water, you'll be okay. And they just keep calling you and harassing you. They're like, I don't know. I still don't feel right. Things still aren't going well. I think, I think it's time for him to see me. And then you reassure them. You're like, no, it's it's truly fine. You should be okay. A good night's sleep, you'll be okay. Uh, there's no need to come in. And then they just keep on calling you, keep on calling you. And I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to drop North Carolina as a client officially. Um, with that said, did you see that Elliot Cadeau chest pass? See, the thing is, it wasn't just a chest pass, G. It was like when the ball hits the webbing of the of the of his, of his teammates' hands. It's just perfectly interlocked and ready for them to shoot. Now, mm. Cormac didn't hit those shots, but it was the ball and the hands. Perfect laces, all that. Mm, yeah, I need a film cut up of that. Who's the player that you think was latest to the shoot around? By the way, like if if players really were late to the shoot around, who was the latest to the shoot around? I want to say R.J. Davis. He, I assumed R.J. was part of the group. That's like, you know, it's like Survivor. You get a little alliance. I think R.J.'s in the Armando and uh, Harris Ingram alliance. Okay, so if it's outside of that. I would probably go either Cadeau or Jalen Washington. I think it was Cormac. Really? Yeah. I th So I think Cormac set the tone for this entire week when he was like FaceTime viral 
at the parties on the street. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I think Cormac's enjoying RJ Davis's success a little too much right now. That's where I'm at. Let's not let's not forget where you came from, Cormac. Like you could easily be Shrewsbury's problem right now. Instead, you get to wear the Argyle stripes and beat Duke and go 0 for six for three, and no one gets to complain about it. Maybe show up to the shoot around. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. By the way, if Armando would have just named names, I would have loved this move. But you can't you can't hit the podium and be like guys were late. Name names if you're gonna do that. That's true. Yeah. I want to know too. Exactly. Okay. Final topic today, Zach Eady. AKA Zach Weedy. <laughs> uh, there's a photograph that went viral last night. Hilarious attempt from whoever tweeted this, by the way. Uh, John from Wrigley took screenshots or, or not screenshots, no. took, took pictures. Sorry. Took, took pictures and tweeted All American Zach Eady purchasing marijuana at River North this evening. Would hate it if he got drug tested. And then he, he tagged, he tagged Purdue. The NCAA, Dan Dockage, and John Fanta. Uh, if if there's four entities I'm trying to narc on the National Player of the Year for, it would not be those four, for the record, but just a hilarious group. Uh, there's a picture of Zach Eady and someone in a black hoodie basically at the desk of this uh, cannabis vendor. Do you care about any of this, yes or no? I do not whatsoever. Uh, who won National Player of the Year last year? Zach Eady. Yeah, when you do that, you 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 get to you get to do whatever you want in my eyes. And what he's doing also in this picture is there's nothing wrong with it. He's not breaking any laws. He's not doing anything wrong. Uh, shame on whoever sent this tweet picture. Very very narky of you for no we, reason. We do not stand for that energy. That's that's yeah. not it. Uh, that's Somebody did, somebody quote tweeted this. This is so funny. I was dying laughing. Quote tweeted it and said, damn, that's Ethan Morton. We got to dismiss him from the team. <laughs> like... Honestly, I've already started some workshopping of photoshopping some certain players onto Zach Eady's head in, in hopes that that'll get him kicked <laughs> off a team. Speaking of Photoshop, there are people saying this is clearly Photoshop. Do you think this was Photoshopped or do you think this is a real photograph of Zach Eady in a cannabis shop? Do people actually think this is photoshopped? There, there is a contingent of people that think this is clearly Photoshop. I saw some screenshots of Zach Eady's lower half here that uh, you're like, it's distorted. You can tell. I need to know if this is real or fake. If this is fake, Purdue loses in the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> if this is real, they're going. To, they're going to Phoenix. They're going to. They're going to Arizona. They'll be in the Final Four. So, what percent real do you think it is versus fake, though? I think it's 100 real. I think it's 100 real too. I don't think I don't think it's and, and good on you, good on you, Edie. How do you feel about the old marijuana cart? Yeah, you know, it's like it's people's uh people's choice, people's vice. Um, it's got this very negative stigma behind it, which I don't appreciate. Um, but look, to be honest with you. If I'm Zach Eady, life's probably stressful as hell, to be honest with you. Even if it's not like you do all these generational things and people just call you tall, sometimes I'd want to maybe get a little bit of high and get get that get those thoughts out of my head. So I don't really blame them. Yeah. Would have yeah. been a perfect joke to say like I would be doing I would be at a dispensary too if my wing was Lance Jones, but he's been playing way too well. So I got nothing yeah. for that. 
some people say weed is the gateway drug to harder substances. I like to think Sleepers Media is the gateway drug to the Mark Titus podcast. Um, so, you know, there's a time and a place for it, like just in moderation, all things in moderation. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't like that this is being made a story, to be honest with you. Um, I, in general, like maybe don't try and hurt someone's career with a screenshot or a picture of anything. Like if you're out to sabotage or hurt someone who's not hurting you, I think that speaks to your character more than anything. Um, with that said, if this is real, if I was Zach Eady, I'd be a little more careful. Like, I think you could probably send someone to go get your weed. Yeah, that brings me back to my very larger point. Okay, I was never a Division One athlete. I knew a lot of Division One athletes. I knew a lot of Division One athletes that participated in the indulgence of cannabis. Okay, there's people you send to go get that stuff for you. Okay, e- even if you want to like do the Purdue thing, go send Will Berg to go pick it up. Okay, go send a GA. Go send anybody. Go send a random kid in Mackie to go get it for you. You don't have to do that yourself. So th- this is actually a point. Um, this is the difference between the Purdue program and more serious March contender programs. And I, I, I people are going to think I'm like joking or like, wow, what a dick take from Greg on this. Do you think that Coach K's Duke era would ever have a player in public doing this or like there there's an entire staff of people from drivers to who's going in the building to how is it transported back like good organizations have the resources for that Purdue clearly does not and that's like my dog you're seven foot four like like I'll tell you right now Hunter Dickinson ain't walking in the loom I'm just saying no, no. And that's I like people are going to think they're like, I'm oh, making a big thing. It's it's kind of tr- like Purdue needs to have some resources to protect their players from things like this. And they clearly don't. It's crazy. Can I, can um, I get one more question slash spin zone here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do Purdue fans react that this isn't a Purdue player? Oh, God. Imagine if this was Coleman Hawkins. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean. The narratives. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and final note for me, uh free my dog Mitch McGarry, man. Uh so like it is hard for me to sit back here though, not to go full narc, but like like I lost a key season because of this. That's a different time. I I lost a key season of a team that I think was better positioned to win a national championship than any in the John Beeline, Michigan era, strictly because a player smoked weed that I lost. I lost the season because of it, Cart. It was the year we ended up with Butler and UConn or no, sorry, UConn and Kentucky in the national championship game. Very winnable game. Eight seed Kentucky in the national championship game. And my team lost in the elite eight because we had Jordan Morgan starting at center and John Horford and not, the baddest mf'er in the game at the five because he smoked weed like that's that's crazy i wasted prime nick stauskas prime lavert prime glenn robinson the third because mitch mcgarry smoked weed and now the national player of the year is allowed to go do this huh sorry agree sorry g i don't mean to make it all about me but like come on i mean that's tough it's definitely tough 
Also, I want to let me know that Mitch McGarry has been very free. Uh, he's just as like chosen. He's like, I, I'm good. Like I understand I'm good at basketball, but like, I like kind of just like weed. Yeah. It, you got to follow your passions. Some people that could be decade long NBA players love basketball. Some love bowling and smoking. And who am I to say what who, you should who am, I, who am I to say? Don't with that said, where do you think Zach Eady is 20 years from now? 20 years from now, it's probably like five years removed from his NBA career. Okay. I bet. I just think like he's going to have like a farmhouse somewhere and have a really peaceful, like maybe he owns some animals. I wonder if, I wonder if Mackie's going to have like an edible night now. Like now, instead of like nuggets, when you miss the two free throws, you get like a nice little dime bag. <laughs> Be really good, actually. Uh Okay. Can't believe that was the topic today, but hey, we we just talk about what's given to us. Yeah, w- one big thing presented by Bigby. What's your thing? Second here, uh, this is something that I think every college basketball fan should have, but Michigan State fans in particular. Um, one of the items is interchangeable for anything that you have preference of, but uh, one is not. Uh, the first thing is a family size uh container of ibuprofen. Um, because not everything is just pain. Okay. Like pain, whether physical pain, mental pain, honestly, my eyes hurt sometimes watching this team, um, play, play offense at times. But what you want to do is always make sure that you have yourself some ibuprofen and a Verner's. It can be Canada dry. It can be any ginger ale you want. Just have a Verner's and ibuprofen on hand at all times. And let's just pray that, you know, we can do what we can with the rest of the season. Mm. Uh, okay. Thank you for that. I'm thinking of you, my friend. Uh, my, no, one big thing, my one big thing is some questions for you. Um, what do you think of this one's for you? This one's for you? Yeah. What do you think of it? What is that? What do you think of what you see is what you get? Are you naming Sydney Sweeney? productions what'd you think of growing up oh i know what this is okay. what'd you th- what'd you think of getting old that's oh, luke okay. combs's entire discography and you don't even know any of them couldn't give me a simple that was pretty solid that's everything he's ever done this was the sleepers podcast we'll see you on riley friday